1: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Brand new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast this year. We are two weeks from the NBA trade deadline, and my name is Brian Robb. bringing you aboard another regular Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, because Chris, today, it's the point guard discussion. You had a great piece on NBC Sports Boston, on Marcus Smart, and his future of the Celtics. I wrote something today on Dennis Schroeder and whether his future in Boston could potentially go a lot farther than most people anticipate. And so that's where we start today. I think, honestly, it's probably the biggest question for this team heading in to the trade deadline. So let's start with Smarta. Let's start with your piece and where things stand after his glorious return these this past week where he's, what, a plus 72 in the, the last two games here? Woo.
0: Yeah, and so, like, I'll relent that some of that is probably the strength of competition and uh, the Wizards and Sacramento Kings don't play a lot of defense. So maybe it looked a little better than just uh, just like a magical boost from Marcus's return. But it did make me think, you know, I think in both those games and I know people you can love or hate the uh, potential assist column. But Marcus had 12 potential assists in each of those games. And I thought he really tried to push the pace. He tried to make the right play. And especially in that Kings game, he throttled down his shot attempts and was just content to play defense and feed everybody else. And that is the best version of Marcus Smart. Now, can is that sustainable? We'll find out. You know, we'll find out pretty quick, too. There's, like, there's a lot of good teams coming up, a lot of good offensive teams, uh, a lot of good defensive teams, especially with Miami on the horizon. So uh, how did the Celtics fare? And does the offense still run good against better opponents? You know, we'll know that pretty quickly. But... One thing I keep coming back to as, uh, as we kind of assess this trade deadline is the Celtics aren't trading Jason Tatum. They're not trading Jalen Brown and they're not trading Robert Williams, barring like something completely unforeseen, some yeah. superstar becoming available, all that. But, you know, so that makes Marcus Smart your most tradable asset. You know, you haven't developed your young guys, you don't have any glitzy draft picks. So Marcus Smart is probably the piece that can get you the most return. So they have to entertain every idea. But I just feel like if you're going to be a defensive minded team, If you're still not sure if this is four-man core is what you're riding forward with, and you maybe want a little bit more time, I guess I'd be surprised if they make a move. And I don't know if I felt that way a couple weeks ago. I probably thought maybe, you know, geez, tear this thing down. It looks awful. And I don't want to let two games start to change the way I look at it. But uh, when they have been healthy, they've been very good. The numbers are good. Uh, So before we even get into Schroeder, I guess where's your head at with Smart and if I told you, so here's here's the here's the the part I I wrestle with, and I think if I'm being honest, I think the front office is wrestling with this. If a team comes along and says we can offer you a first round draft pick for Marcus Smart to at least start the conversation, where are you at? Are you uh, are you that like it's time to move on from Marcus Smart, or are you on the let's see this thing a little bit further?
1: I'm on the. I mean, where's that first round pick? I guess is my next. It's
0: it's a like, contender, right? No. Yeah, no so it's like early twenties. Yeah,
1: we'll see that. Like maybe unprotected, but like this team is definitely making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm aligning you like, I, if you, you, you look at these last two games. You're like, you're gonna take the bait. You're gonna take the bait from like, a, and then I mean, the numbers as you point out in your in your article of the starting five and you know the the core four together with you know Smart and those guys, they're pretty good. They're pretty damn good when you and Smart to his credit in these games, really embracing the facilitator role, not taking shots again good things happening when smarts not forcing that stuff, but also you're facing two teams that are maybe playing as bad as anyone in the league right now in the wizards and the Kings. So um, it's nice that there are two weeks left and there is a better lineup of teams to face to bet, to, to kind of assess on the fly here. Okay. Are these, was this just two hot shooting nights for the Jays and everything looked well, or is this, you know, smart fully buying into his facilitator role? albeit a little bit late this season. Um, but if he starts to do that, if they win, if they go to five out of six, like, I think you can start to say, okay, what can we change around the rest of the roster? Like kind of go further down the list and keep smart in that role as a, that, you know, as a defensive stalwart and a facilitator.
0: And so then that plays into what you wrote about Schroeder, right? And this is part of the, the whole Marcus Smart conversation to me is the Celtics must have at least some idea about what their plan is moving forward with the point guard's position and maybe that's hey it's marcus until we figure something else out or maybe it's you know we really want to go after bradley beal maybe it's we really want to bring back dennis schroeder if you feel any of those things you know like if you feel like marcus smart isn't your guy long term then there's more motivation to move him and maybe that helps you make that decision but in it it, the the curious thing for me is okay so schroeder's had some really good performances mostly in spot starts but the numbers still haven't been as good as the Marcus and Jays when Schroeder's out there. I think part of it is stylistically, as much as he's a nice luxury of the score, it, it, it doesn't fight quite fit at times. Now, when he's attacking and dishing and, and doing all those things, when if you could get him to embrace the Marcus smart way of playing right now, maybe it would. But I don't know if that was what Dennis Schroeder wants to do long term. So I'm still very much in the camp of. Uh, it's time to to move on from Schroeder. and I get why they they rolled the dice with it, but um, and I'd even be okay if they carried him through to the end of the year. If you're just if you're just sort of shrugging your arms and saying second round draft pick doesn't matter, we're just gonna ride it out with this core and keep as much talent and see what happens, and we'll figure it all out in the summer. Um, but I, I I think I told you offline we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I said it's 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 been a little weird. It, 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 even as the all of us have sort of sat here saying like oh it makes sense, just move on from Dennis Schroeder, I've heard internally there is some support for keeping him around. And I don't know if that's beyond this season. I think it's more first year coaching staff that clearly wants to go for it. You've got Brad Stevens, who historically doesn't like the idea of just like selling off pieces and just like trying to ride those veterans. So I think there is some internal support. But I think everybody also understands like eventually you got to clear some space for the young guys too and, and figure this thing out. So there's a tough balance there that they're, they're, Trekking. I think what the best point you made was, you know, the start of the year we're like, oh, there's no way this something can get him back for seven million dollars. Now you start looking around the league and you're like, maybe that's not as much of a slam dunk as we think, and and maybe they do have to consider it because of the how difficult it's going to be to supplement this core, uh, no matter what path they they choose.
1: Right. I mean, you you look at just the options they have in free agency going forward and the talent train, and even if you don't think he's your long long term answer, just Letting a guy walk for a second round pick, like what does that do for you in the big picture? If there is any chance that he might resign or any chance that you might use smart in a trade in the off season and then could use another, you know, a cheaper replacement that you don't have to use your mid-level exception for. So I think that to your point, like you have to, a lot of this goes into the long-term planning right now. And I think Schroeder's market this off season, even if there was cap room, I don't think there would be, a huge one there because the point guard position on the league is incredibly deep mm-hmm. and he's a, a flawed player, um, a useful one, but a flawed one, one that most teams aren't going to hand the, the keys in the starting lamp to. And so from that standpoint, you look at where the Celtics are at and what it might cost to retain him. And then you think like, it's not just like, it's not like a shot in the dark. It's like, no, this is like, I think this could be, end up being his best option to get even a little bit of a raise. Cause you talk to, you look at a guy like Jeff Green. Once you like fall off right. like that, you know, big money stage, like getting back into the mid level exception picture, it's not easy. You're not going to build yourself more of a market there. And I don't think Schroeder's done anything this year to really make a huge demand for him.
0: And Mike, I'm I'm curious where, you know, he is now. And certainly, like, coming into the year, he probably felt like, oh, I need to reestablish my value. And he sort of said as much in in your article that, you know, you missed out on that bag. And naturally, you're like, how do I get back to that? But he's also made a good amount of money in his career. And at this point, I do think when you get to that age, you, you probably start thinking about the bigger picture and where can I compete? And, you know, what gets me that big next contract? Well, it might not be scoring 20 points per game for a terrible team. It might be being a core piece of a, of a championship contender. And so he's going to have to balance all that. And it'll be a very interesting offseason for him. Um, I, I just wonder, you know, if, if the Celtics have a priority. If, 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 will the Celtics get to the point where they prioritize playing the young kids and not that they just have to swallow hard and, you know, ignore that fact? Again, it would help if you knew what, what is coming next. But I think there's so many variables involved that that adds a layer of complication. It's just another reason I don't think we're going to see a whole lot as much as as they're active talking to teams I think it's a whole different level of actively talking to teams and then being willing to pull that trigger and make a move uh and the inconsistencies haven't helped and just I, I don't envy Brad Stevens position because there's just like in past years I thought it was as simple as Denise needs to try and make a move and would he go to the price that it would cost to get a Harrison Barnes or whatever this year it's not nearly as clear cut and uh it's it can't be easy for him to try to figure this thing out
1: let's and on that, like, let's talk about the young guys for a second in terms of where they're at. Everyone's shown some flash here and there, and most of them have shown, you know, the worst of what they can be this year, too. Are where are they good enough to clear veterans out for them? And just in terms of, like, do you think the Celtics need that information this second half of the season to figure out, like, what they have? Or is that just going to be a situation be like, you know what? Pritchard Juicewell, Romeo and Aaron, like, who knows if they're good enough and guess what if we give them more minutes and they stink well then we're in even even worse spot because then mm-hmm. like what value do they have in the first place anyway and now we have even more of a talent drain so i like where where do you think like where do you fall on that front because it's clear now like ime like where are they stand in the pegging order right now they're just going to be wild cards if anything in the rotation going forward
0: i mean if if peyton has to wait till nine minutes left in a 50 point game to get his <laughs> call like which Absolutely blew my mind that those guys weren't in there to start the fourth quarter. And I know Aaron got in there a little bit earlier. Four first played
1: 30 minutes in that game.
0: Unbelievable and it was one of nine. Like what are we doing? I know they had two days afterward. I'm sure that's part of the reasoning, but oh my god. Um so, yeah, if I'm one of those young guys, I'm not particularly bullish on this team going all in. You have a coach that clearly prioritizes veterans right now, and you have a general manager when he was the coach prioritized veterans. So either Brad has to alter the way he thinks and force Ime's hand or Ime has to just relent. And I think, especially if they have continue to have a surge here in the next week, it's going to be really difficult for him to do that. He's going to lead on Richardson. He's going to lean on Schroeder. He's going to lean on Al. And it's just he's just not going to get to that point until the Celtics either decide as an organization they need to throttle backwards a little bit and be okay with some extra bumps in the road and just lean into those young guys. And to bring this conversation full circle, I think that's part of the conversation with Marcus Smart. I'm not trading Marcus Smart unless I'm willing uh, after that to trade more veteran pieces and embrace the youth because it can't just be like a one-off. You can't just trade Marcus Smart and then be like, yeah, we're still riding forward with Josh Richardson and Dennis Shrew. Like, it, to me, that doesn't make sense. Like, you're sacrificing the now and not building for the future. You, It all comes back to something I've said repeatedly since they've started this bumbling ways, you know, early in the season. You have to pick a path. And I think this might be the Boston's biggest difficulty right now, is that it's Emei's a first-year coach and feels this inherent pressure to win, especially in this city. Brad Stevens is a first-year GM who feels a pressure after not living up to expectations last year. And it's going to be difficult for both of them to think differently and think outside the box than they normally have. And I think that's that all works against the youth. All that being said, I think if they could step back and see the forest from the trees, you, you need to understand, like, whatever comes next hinges so much on developing young talent or at least figuring out what you've got. And I'd hate to see them get, win a playing game and get bounced in round one and then say, well, we still don't know what Romeo Langford is. He's due $5 million. What are we doing? Or, you know, or to deal Aaron Neesmith because he's just not getting any playing time here and you haven't been able to figure out what he is. And so you're just like, like trade him. Although I will say if you're just not going to play him and they have some value, then just move him because yeah. it's just not going to happen here. And at least I can sit here and be angry when Aaron Neesmith develops into duncan robinson and, Jen, and at least we can just move on but um yeah i don't know that's it, just i it, it, i i get why it's difficult but it is infuriating when you consider the fact that this is a 500 team i
1: agree 100 percent with that and to your point on like Nisbet for the younger guys that's why you can't you know even if you don't pick a path like picking a path is like selling getting what you can get for the young guys now like that's a path yeah and that's a that's path true. that like like, even if it's, like, 80 cents on the dollar for those guys, because guess what? If they're not playing the second half of the season, all that value is just doing is going down or staying staying put. And, I mean, picking up the $5 million on, option on Romeo made sense at the time. Is he going to get that money? What he got that money based on this season? No way. Probably not. Not even close. And so, yeah, his value is probably shot. Neesmith and Pritchard. Probably too early to tell. Is is there a team or two who look at those guys, especially Smith, who they're like, you know, is even more of a mystery this year, I think, and be like, hey, we could we could turn that guy into something if we we got in the system and able to be able to give him minutes and develop him. Then you should probably take what you can get there if you're not mm-hmm. going to be moving any of the other pieces. And, and so I, that's what what it comes down to, I think.
0: And maybe they're sweeteners in a in another deal. So maybe you right. you're willing to move. Al Horford, and you're trying to get something back that maybe can help you now, can help you later, and so you have to throw in an Aaron Smith because the team taking him on is like, well, all we're getting is maybe a little cap relief with Al, and that's still gonna, they still gotta eat 14 and a half million next year if they move, if they cut bait with him. So, I just think all this stuff is very difficult. I don't see any. One of the hard parts I have when I look around the league is finding like obvious trade partners for the Celtics. Yeah, they can move Schroeder and send out. You know, uh, some money to pay for his salary, or, or move Bull Bull and and, and and PJ Dozier and 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 get rid of get off those deals. But um, there's nothing like you know bigger splash that I say this makes sense for both sides. And uh, you know, I think that's what 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 the biggest trouble that, that Brad Stevens going to r- roll into. I do. I don't want to hijack the show here, but I do want to know because I always find this fascinating. If if you were if if if, if we put if we promoted GM Brian Rob. Uh, in place of Brad Stevenson trade deadline, what's your what is your preferred overall path? what would you do?
1: I think the preferred overall path is um, going like taking a step back in the present. um I think getting what you can get for you don't have to trade everyone if but getting what you can get for those guys getting the better draft pick this year um, you know if you you know you could obviously still make a plan even if you move a bunch of these guys. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you at least have a better idea of where you stand with your whole roster, if particularly if you're not interested in having the veterans you have and supporting roles be a part in the long term. Do I think that's realistic? Do I think that they're going to go that direction? Pro- probably not, based on the track record of the people involved right now. But I think, I mean, there's certain guys. I mean, like, like Ennis Freedom. Like, there's no like guys like that. I mean, like, even if you can't transfer you have to pay to get him out of here. Like you're not doing move it. Him just, move on. Yeah. It's like, dude, and I'll give you a credit. This he, he, has stopped playing. We, we, we've talked about this for a while. He, he did stop playing him as of, yeah. as of Sunday. And the problem is for the, the time being is that his rotation is not exactly feasible to have Horford and Rob start um, and have them split 48 minutes. But that's where, Hey, Brad Stevens, go get uh, yeah. a playable backup center. Maybe if you want to like, go for it now, like, make your roster make more sense for the present. And then you can say, okay, we can have a better gauge in what this group can actually be. Cause given obviously all the health issues and COVID and stuff like that, it's not to say that it's totally, you know, we don't play the excuse game here, but yeah, like if, if they show in the next two weeks before the trade deadline, that what they're doing is a little bit more sustainable, then that's what makes sense for this group. Now if you're not going to go in the other direction.
0: Yeah. And and so like it's so funny because there's probably been four times in this season where I said, okay, the next four games are going to tell me what we're going to do here for a path. And, and I, we're just running out of time. And unfortunately, to this point, the indication is that there's no end to the roller coaster. Now, am I more hopeful based on these two games? Of course, because they've looked better than they ever had in this stretch. And he, all that, despite the fact that Ime still hasn't figured out to take Al Horford out of the starting lineup and put Grant Williams in there. So, like, there's still moves. Do you think that's a pride
1: make- thing right now? Like, what do you think is – you think that's like, I was, I got, I got, can't lose Al. Like, we can't bring Al off the bench.
0: I, I think – honestly, I think it's just the starter numbers have been so good that – you know, he took the first step. He did – took all of our advice because all of us wrote it on the same day and was like, hey. Yeah. You know, and, and I think he said, all right, I can't break up this starting unit yet, but I'm going to stagger him from there and make sure that we're not playing any other big because there's no one else I trust on this roster right now, unless Ennis can play against another like bruiser, and which is fine. Like Ennis can ride out yeah. the year being the bruiser. Like Embiid's in town, great. And en- Ennis gets like 15 minutes. Like right. you, that, that's that, that's a factor. And hopefully they'll have another big that they that unlike Bruno Fernando that they are comfortable going to after the deadline that can sort of bridge those minutes when Al and uh Rob aren't out there or if for whatever reason if someone gets in foul trouble or for just a bad match, if whatever the case may be. But I I, I do think it's part there's just a loyalty to a veteran. Um, I do think there's part, it's just like Al has been good at everything besides shooting the ball. But when offense is your number one hindrance right now, it, it, it is sort of mind numbing to me that you don't at least try it. Now I will say he may had Grant in there at the closing time to the first half the other night. It's clear he's, he sees it. It's not like someone in this building isn't telling him that this would be a lot better, that the numbers are far more juiced when you have another shooter on the floor um but and, and so maybe it'll come to a point where it's just you know the issue gets forced maybe al will get injured or al needs the downshift because he's playing 30 minutes a night and probably in a blowout win and you know that'll resolve itself but or maybe the trade deadline will will do it but um yeah it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit baffling and so i again i, I it's why I'm, I'm sort of i'm I, I just hope they don't get stuck in that sort of where you're hopeful that this team will make a surge so you're sacrificing the potential future games and you know like move schroeder and bring back a center but th- does that really change the calculus of the team or the trajectory no it's still it's still flawed and so um yeah I, I don't envy the position they're in but um sometimes you have to make tough decisions about the direction and that's gonna be tough brad put this roster together he wants to see it succeed he may loves the veterans he, he wants to see them you know he wants to play those guys and so uh, getting everybody on board with 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 what might be the uh, the preferred path uh, is hard, but you know maybe they'll rip off three more wins in this stretch. Maybe Jason Tatum will continue, as Brad Stevens said on the radio this morning, to throw fire, and uh, maybe it makes it easier to lean a little bit heavier into just keeping this group together, and you know maybe trying to seek uh, either either riding it out with the with the veterans or or uh, or pulling the, or pulling the trigger on uh, smaller deals. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about that. I'm I'm slightly conflicted.
1: I mean, Jason Tatum playing like an MVP candidate does solve a lot of problems, like does cover up a lot of things. (laughs) It is
0: is truly amazing, right? Like that all it took for the Celtics to look like the Celtics was Jason Tatum going back to being Jason Tatum a little bit. And I I mean, you've probably seen the numbers like cleaning the glass right now. Their expected win total is minus 4.1. So essentially that means if the Celtics had won all the games they should have won based on their point differential, they'd be 29 and 20 right now. We'd feel a whole lot different about the trade deadline if they were right behind Milwaukee and and right there with Brooklyn and you know, but unfortunately, that's, they haven't been, and we know the reasons why. And the, as good as their point differential is, and it's slightly juiced from the last few nights, is uh, you know they're not that team. And so uh, either they've got to get to that level where they play with more consistency, which I'm not sold on through two games, uh, or they, they you know they they uh, uh, or, or they just got to show it over a longer period. Uh, or else, I, I just can't buy in fully.
1: Yeah, four games would do it. That would be an all time high for them this year in terms of <laughs> consistency. <laughs> all right, I wanna let's we're gonna finish up with a little trade rumor roundup in a second here, but Ooh. first we're gonna talk about our sponsor, Bet Online, who would like to continue to wish you, Chris, a very happy new betting year Ooh. as the NFL playoffs continue, and Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New Year with a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today receive your 50% off welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use the promo code T O 50 to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games, don't take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and, and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. It's BetOnline where the game starts. Okay, I had, t-
0: I, I had Kings plus 52 and... Got burnt on that. oh
1: Yeah, yeah, you should have parlayed <laughs> that a little bit. Oh my god! I think they were up, they were up like twenty in Atlanta last night, and then lost by thirty. Hilarious! So that's,
0: like they, they, had a thirty point first quarter, and I said, "Oh my god!" Am, like what an infuriating team to watch to be this roller coaster. And I was like, "Oh no, we know how that feels." Yes, you know?
1: that is. We live that every day. Exactly. All right. So there have been some rumors out there in the last 24 48 hours, uh, some involving guys we've mentioned. Smart, obviously. Um, one name keeps resurfacing. And I got to bring it up because this was formerly one of my guys and when you're he Daniel Tice, the Celtics kicking the tires <laughs> yeah. on Daniel Tice just months after literally giving him away and paying <laughs> off his salary uh, to the Chicago Bills in a, in a move that I think it's fair to know that Brad Stevens was was blindsided by, uh, as, as he was quoted uh, after the trade deadline uh, last <laughs> March. What it makes sense to this, Chris Forsberg. What Daniel Tice, I assume this is a situation where the Celtics somehow get to move Horford and you're looking for the backup center of your future, maybe. I don't know. This is how many
0: what what's Tice's contract situation? How many it, years? is it
1: like four years, thirty-two million, I believe. And I'm not sure if all that's guaranteed, but I think a lot of it is.
0: And what would be hilarious is if they traded uh, somehow traded out Horford uh, for Daniel Tice and then started Tice in a two big lineup with Rob <laughs> <Roman>. <laughs> um, then I Then I would be completely, you know, like, look, I think we all love Tice and what he brought. Uh, I struggle to understand the reasons besides wanting to get off long-term money that that Houston be, would be willing to do that. But, um, and I think would be a little you know, not great. Like, look, I'll say this. I, I, like, I, I've also thought it's like, going to be difficult for the Celtics to trade Al Horford. Uh, but I hope there was a conversation when he signed here or when he get traded here, that said, like, hey, we don't really know which way this is going. And if we're going to clear cap space or if we're going to put ourselves in position to be uh, make a bigger deal over the summer, you might have to be moved. And so I hope he's at least braced himself for that possibility. Uh, I think he would be very disappointed to have to end up in Houston, where he'd just be relegated to the OKC rehab program part two. Um, and I don't know if Daniel Tice changes the trajectory of your year at all. You're not you're not starting him. It's a nice, it's a, it's a serviceable big off the bench, but uh, unless you're leaning into Grant and figuring out some more backup four minutes somewhere else, uh, I'm not sure I'm ready to believe it. I think we all have a propensity uh, to to look at guys that used to play in Boston and dream of ways to get them back. And I wonder if this is more, well, Daniel Tice doesn't make sense for the, for the Houston Rockets right now. Maybe Boston will go get him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the only way something like that, like it has to be part of a much bigger deal involving yeah. that, like with other parts going eastern, maybe even a three-team thing where it's like, okay, so who's taking Horford? Like I could use Horford, who, and then that, so
0: but can we do that for a second? I know you want to get to the to the to the to the other rumors, but who is taking Horford? Well, that's your problem. Right now.
1: I don't, I don't see that team. I really don't. Unless Golden the Celtics. I mean, Golden State is the one that made sense at the beginning of the year, but then you look. I guess they have been kind of up and down lately, so you wonder if mm. they'll. I'll be like, hey, this is a guy, you know, if you guys really want to go for it this year, you know, having Al Horford off your bench or in place of Looney for 20 minutes a game, like right. that, that's a pretty big luxury. The problem is now, like, who, like, who are they moving out, like, in that yeah. deal? Because it's like, Wiggins is too good. He's not going anywhere this year. And then everyone else on that team that I think they consider moving makes so much less money. It's hard to find a match there. So unless you're getting... You're doing some, you know, funny business with a 13 involved. It's 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 really tough to find a team that's willing to able to take on that kind of money during this season.
0: Yeah, I, I just keep going back to this. I know I know why the Celtics would have interest in moving off of
1: Al Horford's money
0: and the whole potential to 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 help maneuver this summer. But I just don't, I, I've really I've struggled when those rumors first. It's came gonna out have to be a bad team. Wasn't...
1: It's gonna have to be a bad team that just is like yeah. getting something out of it. Whether it's you know, is it worth getting off of Al Horford and like being like, Hey, how about Aaron Neesmith with him? And we'll take back one of your bad contracts. That might be more useful to us than what,
0: if trade, this year. what if you trade, what if you traded Al Horford to Oklahoma city? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that even legal? I don't think it's legal, Yeah. They
1: can't do that yet. You got to go full calendar. Year. Oh yeah.
0: Well, okay. go Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So I'd, we, I'd, They knew
1: do I'd... that in the next offseason, They can do that, but they can't <laughs> do that yet. But yeah. yeah, that's so, and then, so yeah, I think it's like, if you look at the, the dominoes of the trade deadline for sellers. It's like, okay, question one: Can you move Al Horford? If the answer is no, okay, go to question two. Like, what value can you, yep. you get for like Smart Richardson and Schroeder? Mm-hmm. Once you answer that question, okay, does anyone like your young guys? Okay, and then you look at all those answers, and then you try to map it out. Yep. And the, the it's a real possibility that none of those answers are very appetizing for making moves and. Then you throw in the luxury tax stuff into play and things get more interesting. But um, that is like, like you said, the, the best thing, the, no best path, thing no happen, path.
0: the best path for the Celtics in the next two weeks is, is a, like a, is a contender having an injury. You know, like yeah. when, when Rubio went down in Cleveland, we all said, Oh, maybe Dennis Schroeder ends up there. Like, unfortunately the only way you're going to juice the trade the trade value of the guys you have is that they become a luxury for a team that needs a power forward, like Al or defensive minded guy, or like, Someone needs a defensive stopper like Marcus and is willing to splurge maybe a bit more. And even then, I think it's a tough conversation, especially with Marcus. I just I don't know. Every time I try to even wrap my head around Marcus, I just can't get to the point where I'm like, yeah, that would make sense for the Boston Celtics. And so I always invariably just say no. Hold on. You can always figure these things out over the summer, too. You might need Al Horford's contract to make a deal. You might need Josh Richardson to make a deal. And so uh, while I want them to clear some space for the young guys, um, I also understand that like this might be a quiet deadline and all that. All these talks might not lead to a whole lot of action. But give me some Wait, more rumors.
1: Yeah, so did you see, so there was, I think in Bleacher Report today, a reported before the Hawks traded Cam Reddish, mm-hmm. there were talks about Cam Reddish and Kevin Herter for Smart that did not progress, supposedly. What was your initial thoughts when seeing like something like, as like a, a theoretical, This is, is this the type of offer that they're getting for Smart right now?
0: yeah i i think that probably would have requested more than smart in that deal if i'm being honest like i know i know uh you know reddish didn't have a huge trade value but um yeah i, th- I just think it, it was funny because like last year i actually thought the hawks were the perfect spot for marcus smart i was like oh you know young team sort of needs that boost to get over the top turns out i was wrong they were right. perfectly <laughs> fine they they went to the Eastern across mm-hmm. like you know they they and i don't know if necessarily they they'd even be Interested in that now, but like, again, every contender is always going to want a defensive boost and a veteran like Smart, which then should make the Boston Celtics say, do we really want to move Mark Smart? You know, do, is he more valuable to us than what we get in return and uh, like Herder and all that? But um, I think it's it's at least those are the type of deals you have to have at least have a conversation about and think about. Um, but whether you get to the whether you get to the point where you pull the trigger is a whole nother whole nother of wax.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. Would you made that trade? Um, I, I, I'm with you. I would have thought about it. I would have been if it was straight up and there was nothing the Celtics had to send with Smart. I'd be like, I I'd think pretty hard because I heard her. It is signed for a few years, and I think that is a type of player where you yeah like that's the perfect type of shooter you need around right. Jason and Jalen. The question is, are you gonna like you know obviously that's a pretty considerable step back defensively, and so what you know what's worth more to your franchise right now? That's it might just be a step sideways, and in which yeah. case, like, well, where do you where do you going to begin with? So, but that's certainly the type of a player you want to have your eye on if you're going to make the move with him. I think.
0: Can 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 Luke Kennard stop making so many three pointers this week? <laughs> like, I, I thought maybe there was a chance the team that's in yeah. a tough spot too that the Celtics could sort of sneak in. When he was on the free agent market a couple years ago, I thought it was you know would have been perfect to find a shooter like that. And now all of a sudden he's leading them back from 30 down and hitting game winners. And I'm like, damn, there's no way they're trading them now. So uh, not that, everything is just breaking wrong for the Celtics this week, besides winning two games. Well, yeah. So here's what's going to
1: happen then. Like, you bring up the Clippers and just knowing Brad Stevens, what he's done so far as GM. So they're going to they'll trade for Tice. Um, they'll get, they'll get <laughs> Marcus Morris back. And um, they'll, they'll keep searching the market. Evan Turner comes out of retirement, and then they'll they'll just try to you know create some magic.
0: I was gonna say, uh, how do we trade for Ruggier? Uh Essentially, the 2018-19 Celtics minus Kyrie and Gordon, because that's what yeah. gets you to the Eastern that's Conference. A dream. That's a dream. That's yeah. a dream. team. So I'm just I'm just saying, we'll, 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 we'll let's make that a reality.
1: All right. Well, we we got two weeks left here. Um, the rumors will not stop at this point, but we'll be around. Did
0: you, did you see John Hollinger? Men, did you see John Hollinger mention Devonte Graham as a potential option?
1: I, I want to say I didn't because that would have, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, what is, what is Devonte Graham? I, I, I,
0: it, it just, my mind went there when we started to Terry and, and, uh, I, you know, I, I get it. What do you think about the whole Dallas scuttlebutt with, with the Dallas uh, makes Devontae. sense. I
1: mean, that's where he's from and they could obviously use a guy like him. So, like, and there's at least a couple intriguing names down there. I don't know if they're willing to move or not, but, like, Brunson and Finney Smith and Cleaver, like, all those guys. Yeah, like, you could, I could see some sort of deal coming together there that makes sense for both sides.
0: It's interesting, because, like, I, I just thought Mark Cuban would never trade Cleaver. And, you know, maybe he gets to the point where he's okay with that. Um, I like Jalen Brunson. I don't know if it's the ideal fit. Um, it's a it's probably a big step back defensively right and yeah. from Marcus smart but i certainly like the the player what is he going to earn this off season um can you is, are you willing to pay that um so you know there's a lot of question marks there i i, I get that that one makes sense geographically just to be, you know i'm sure marcus he always plays well in dallas and oklahoma city and all that um but i don't know i still i still i just can't i haven't got i haven't no one has hit me with a Marcus smart trade offer that i said yes that makes sense until the swoops in with two first round picks. Yeah, right. <laughs> two <laughs>
1: and two uh, first and round then, picks and Jordan Clarkson.
0: <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I, I'm trying. I keep trying to think the shooter you could pluck out of Utah.
1: Um, and it, like Ingles is probably available, but he's like, that's think Spary Dionis in his 30s, so it's like, all right, well, what's you know what are you what are you really getting out of the deal like that? No,
0: nothing you're not you're not trading smart for cap space because unless you have a right. great idea that you're getting your point guard of the future <laughs> bradley Beal, right. over the summer then yeah. you're, you're you're not you're not uh you're not going that route yeah so
1: what do you uh, think the wizards are doing of, whatever this like what like like code red in, in washington right now and so like bradley Beal, you wonder i read some of those quotes after that clippers collapse he's like we shouldn't have been back in this game in the first place, like I shouldn't have to slip back in, like they're 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 falling apart, right? And they certainly can't feel good about, you know, all the good vibes from the first half of the season are gone for them.
0: It's uh, they have two weeks for uh, Mark Bottle Stein to come out and say, uh, Bradley Beal will only play for uh, the Boston Celtics. He wants to team up with Jason Tatum, and then boom, skids are greased they got to take whatever, whatever bounty you're willing to get up, a bunch of first-round picks and Al and make the contract work, uh, and everyone can sit here and say, oh, no, there'll be better offers out there. That's true, but no one's taking Bradley Beal when they know he can walk away in the summer and go sign with his buddy. So uh, if they want to make that a reality, if Bradley Beal can get frustrated enough, you, everyone should be sitting there hoping – and I don't know, because I, I don't know if people want Bradley Beal now that he's having a, yeah. a rough year. But um, if you are part of the let's make Jason Tate a really happy club, which is, should be a priority – uh, yeah, you should be root against vehemently against uh, the Washington Wizards this week.
1: Certainly something to watch, and the fact—I mean, the the posturing here is going to be fascinating by all parties in on that front, especially as you look at the cap cap landscape this summer. Like, not a lot of teams have mm-hmm. cap room, much less max cap room, and so it's pretty much all going to be like side and trade options. If if Bo does want to walk, which you know opens up a whole plenty of other situations, but. The Celtics, no matter what, will be in a position to certainly make an offer in that front, whether it's like a compelling one remains to be seen. And whether any of these guys we talked about today will be around for that offer will also be (laughs) a question in the next few weeks.
0: Next two weeks will be wild. And I almost wish as we're doing this, we could just fast forward and and like a sitcom screen wipes and then we find out what happens. And we see either how stupid we look or uh, how smart we look. Because uh, usually the latter. All
1: right. Chris Forsberg. NBC Sports Boston, pre-game, post-game live. Are you – We have any more sideline gigs coming uh, up or are we, we, we set for
0: – You know, that's a good question. There is, there is a couple of days in February that I don't know if we have a sideline report yet, so I might, I might be there. But mostly I'll just be hanging out in my WebEx box saying nerdy numbers. I, want, I keep wanting to rebrand it. I, I think someone has the talk nerdy to me uh, mm. uh, taken out there, but I think it would be a good way to go and just go lean into analytics. I don't know if, how WebEx would feel about it, but – do Some research, maybe. Uh, until then, we'll be talking about, I and mean, we'll probably talk about trades straight up through there. So, right. we'll see how it goes.
1: Listen, I know more about WebEx than I have in my entire life, thanks to you now. So, the, the promotion <laughs> you're yeah, giving them on the product that's worth every single penny they're spending for you guys. But as always, great stuff, Chris. Thanks for coming on, and we'll be checking back in a few, um, soon. We'll see what's your prediction here, but off the air, how many trades between now uh, and two weeks? One. One. One trade. Okay. A big one? No, just by Dennis. Just by Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Boring, most boring trade deadline ever for (laughs) Chris All right. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you next week.